Today, you might be packing a diaper bag, but before you know it, you're going to be packing boxes to send that sweet little one to college. And are you doing enough now to get them ready? It's never too early to talk about picking your kids out of the nest. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye! (laughs) Bye-bye. Go ahead, shake that jar of sprinkles and celebrate your role as a mom. I'm Stephanie Fleece. And I'm Michelle Fortin with City Mom Collective. And our hope is that this podcast brings a smile to your face, a skip to your step, and a sprinkle or two to your mundane. This is Just Add Sprinkles, Celebrating Motherhood, a podcast by City Mom Collective. Well, while we spend so much time and energy and emotions on raising babies, then toddlers, then school-age kids, then teens, the eventual goal is, of course, to send them out on their own. Yeah, and it may be hard to think about that now, but these years go by so fast. Mm. Uh, just like our episode, Steph. This is episode 98. Can you believe it? No, <laughs> we're so close to 100. Um, just at Sprinkles celebrating motherhood. And today, we're going to hear from some college students about what their parents did well or not so well to prep them for college or just life as an adult in general. Well, Michelle, this is an episode that you've wanted to do for a while because college students are a big part of your life. Yeah, I've lobbied for this episode for a while. We're finally able to squeeze it in. But yeah, I'm a my full-time job now, as of the last year, is I'm a professor at Grand Canyon University in Phoenix. It's the largest private Christian college in the country, actually, 25,000 students on campus. And I love love college students stuff. They're awesome. They're just at this sweet time in their life, just broaching on independence, figuring out what they want to do. And it is such a joy to hang with them. I really okay. like them. Well, I love that you have that perspective. So what would you say are your tips from a professor's perspective? on this? <laughs> Cracks knuckles and gets ready. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, if your kid is college material, because I I do teach a couple of freshman classes and I can tell within the first two days of class if a student's going to finish the semester. There's just certain aspects of certain students that you can tell they're they're college material or they're not. They're just not mature enough or they don't have good time management skills. And it the more you you know you get to know those um, college students, the more you can kind of tell. Uh, and, and, you know, and I feel bad because some of these kids are wasting a lot of money and really they, they, they're not ready or they, they're just college isn't going to be for them. It's not for everybody. Um, so kind of knowing that, but then I would say, cause I know most of our audience, our listeners have little ones and thinking back to some of the things you can start instilling in young kids, that's going to make professors thank you later. <laughs> Yes, tell it, us. <laughs> yes, is instilling a sense of respect for your teachers. Mm. I cannot tell you how many of my students call me Michelle. And that is like nails on a chalkboard. It's Professor Fortin. And I, you know, I don't, uh, it sounds almost egotistical to say that, but when a college student starts calling me by my first name, they have immediately dropped a. Mm. Uh, a layer of respect and they're they're communicating to me that they see me more as a peer and while I am a very friendly and very approachable professor I'm not your friend um I am your cheerleader and I'm your advocate but while you're my student it, it there needs to be that uh clear distinction and boundary 
And that is um, really interesting. So, you know, some of the things that I teach my kids now is, you know, obviously their teachers are always Mr. and Mrs. or or if they're, you know, have a doctorate, doctor. And um, and then our friends are Mr. and Mrs. last name. So you're Mrs. Fleece. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some friends that we know better, it might be Miss Stephanie or something like that. But there's still some kind of a um, distinction before that name. They don't just get to call adults by a first name basis. And that might seem so, I don't know, uh, what, what, uh, old school. Oh yeah. Old school or yeah. strict. But then when they, when they come to me and they just have that low layer of respect, it's just what they need to do at that level. And if I have to correct them, it's an awkward moment. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. They're uncomfortable. And anyway, just having that respect at that level is really important. You know that I have been a pro Mr. and Mrs. for uh, older adults in my kids' lives. But uh, as a quick aside, in Arizona, when they were born, I knew all of my friends' last names. So we were on pro last name, Mr. and Mrs. Yeah. And then we moved to Minnesota. And you don't realize that in the initial beginnings of a friendship with people, you rarely even know what their last name is <laughs> or know what to say there. How to, right? So everyone now in Minnesota is Mr. and Miss with their first. <laughs> <laughs> but there's still that layer of respect. Like even my, like, one of my best friends is Leanne and, and, and I know you know Leanne stuff. Yeah. And my, our, our families interact with each other a, a lot. She's still Miss Leanne. Like yeah. calling her Mrs. Deering would be weird, you know, but yes. she's, there's still that little distinction. And even that yeah. is so helpful. And she's not a teacher over them, but they're teachers, yeah. they're administrators at school, they're Sunday school teachers, they're coaches. Yeah. They all have, it's coach so-and-so, it's Mr. or Mrs. So, and that is just carte blanche. Um, we don't argue about that. That's the way it is. Um, and, and yeah, maybe I'm old school. Maybe this is going away with the AI and the whatnot, but I'm just. <laughs> Well, I'm going to die on. Oh, and don't get me started on AI. Mamas, by the time your kids are in college, uh, AI is going to be a real thing. So maybe we start talking about plagiarism. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Seriously. not having not having computers write your your uh, your papers. Uh, trust me, as professors, we are working on it. We're getting our heads around it, trying to figure out how we s- utilize this awesome tool, but also combat plagiarism and laziness. So. Oh my! Hopefully, hopefully, we'll have it figured out. But Profe- Professor Fortin <laughs> is on her soapbox. <laughs> no, okay, we need to move on. <laughs> but Michelle, actually, Professor Fortin, if you'd like me to call you that, but um, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> for the remainder of the episode, uh, I, you know, I, I do want to circle back to the first kind of thing that you had said is that not all kids are college bound, right? Nice. I think that's really, really important for us to lead part of this conversation with too. 100%. Uh, you know your kids best and yeah. you know some of them might be more artistically oriented or trade mm-hmm. oriented and there yeah. is there's less and less stigma around not going to college now. Yeah. And and there's a lot of support and celebration of people who choose to do another path and that's fantastic. So yeah, knowing what your kid is cut out for what they want to do is super important. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. But I did offer some of my senior level students an extra credit opportunity. (laughs) Yes, to give me some sound bites for this episode. So we're going to kind of weave these into our conversation. And that's the first thing I wanted to share is a couple of them had 
some really interesting thoughts about um, if attending college or not and how their parents made it their choice and how that worked out really well for them. My name is Maddie and I am a junior in college. And a piece of advice that my parents gave to me was that actually not everybody has to go to college and that's okay. Um, They both attended and graduated college and I'm in college currently and love it. But I really appreciated the fact that they never put it as a pressure on me. It was more, it was totally up to me what I wanted to do. And they were incredibly encouraging with it and definitely wanted me to attend college, but it wasn't the end of the world if I didn't. And I think that in giving me that freedom, that choice, it really pushed me to want to do better and be better. And um, for me, that decided to be, you know, going to college and continuing my education. So I'm forever grateful for them kind of, for lack of a better word, loosening the reins a little bit and just kind of letting me have free range because it really made me stop and consider what I actually wanted to do in life. Hi, my name is Brooke Murphy. I am a junior in college this year. I'd say the best thing my parents did for me when I was deciding which college to go to was just supporting me in the decision that I was making and knowing that I was doing this for myself and that this is really what I wanted to do. So they were super supportive of that and the decisions I made. The only thing I'd say that I wish they would have done better is kind of helping me out with the college application process. But again, it's not really their fault because they did not go to college themselves or finish college. So the application process was a lot different, but they did support. So it worked out pretty well. And I like where I'm at now. So so the application process is apparently a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember that whole uh, college scandal with um, what's Lori yes, Laughlin? Yes. And Felisa, yes. Felisa, uh, Felicia, whatever, Felicity Huffman. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's a whole industry dedicated to helping parents navigate college application, and it is a huge undertaking. Yes. Yeah. Well, one of our sister sites, DC Moms, has an awesome post about this, and it's called Be a Stress-Free Mom Braving the College Admissions Process, which includes an interview with a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania with some really awesome tips Mm -hmm. on starting with our little ones. Which she says the best thing is to just start saving money. Yeah, college isn't cheap, friends. No. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> and then there's fees on top of them, and it's a whole thing. But anyway. Yeah. Um, but when they're in elementary school, that's when we can kind of start to test and see what they like to do. And she suggests mm-hmm. to pick a few things, sport, musical instrument, dance, etc. It's important that the motivation, though, comes from the child this admissions officer says that you want to have healthy, confident children, see what they're interested in and cultivate it. So dive deeply into two or three areas that they really like and aim to do that at the best potential level. So then her recommendations for middle school, she says to help your kids explore their interests and go even deeper. Also try to get them to a higher math level since it builds the foundation for more advanced math classes later like AP Calculus, Um, then by ninth grade, your kids should know the college application steps, but they don't necessarily have to do them yet. So for example, you don't have to take the SAT in ninth grade, but you also don't want your college-bound kid to wait until the end of junior year. Also by high school, she says your kids should start diving into topics that are of interest to them, like writing a book or doing research, creating an organization or nonprofit to benefit 
your family, community, your school. So it's all about helping them to leverage their strengths and working with them to build their college application X factor, okay? X factor is the expertise and exponential factor that is uniquely theirs, which colleges will value. All right, Steph, what was your X factor? Because you went to college. I did go to college. I feel a little sweaty right now. (laughs) (laughs) On the spot. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know if I could have identified my X factor as an 18-year-old. You know, I I will say that I chose my uh, major uh, in college primarily based on knowing that my one of my giftings and passions was relationship building, like one-on-one relationships. Uh, I love that. I've always been a people person to that capacity. Now, my major didn't really lend itself well to what I'm doing career-wise now. Uh, but I think ultimately, like, that would have been an X factor-ish for me. What okay. would you say for you? Well, I, I remember thinking about this very clearly because I, I, there was, I only applied to two colleges and one college I got into and one I didn't. And the one I didn't get into was because I didn't have an X factor. I, I didn't, when I was in high school, I kind of bounced around and experienced different things. I played basketball my freshman year, my sophomore year, I did dance team. My junior year, I did theater. My senior year, I did leadership, but I didn't pick one and stick with it. So I graduated high school, a very well-rounded student, but the college that one of the colleges that I was looking at, they wanted what they said was a well-rounded student body. So they wanted students that excelled in something and I didn't excel in any one thing. So I remember kind of being frustrated by that, but you know, I I get it though. And I think, I I don't know if that's more pressure now on kids or maybe like people didn't have that, Mm -hmm. but like, I know like you, you, did you play volleyball? Yeah. I played sports all through um, high school. Yeah. So, I mean, like you had, you had sports or like you had something that you excelled at, but like I'm looking at my kids now and they definitely at 10 and 11 have certain areas of interest that I'll be keeping an eye on to develop and kind of giving them the freedom to dive deep into one of those and not, they don't have to kind of flint around and experiment knowing that that is something that is important. So if they're really great, like we Kenton has a friend at school who's an excellent rock climber and he's winning all these awards at, at, you know, a sixth grader, you know, and his parents, I'm sure will cultivate that. That's going to be a really unique, cool factor. You know, my kids do ballroom dancing. Not a lot of kids do ballroom dancing. So that, yeah. that might be their thing. Who knows? But yeah, no, yeah. I didn't have an X factor. I was, I, I was, I was terrible at all the things I tried. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I tried them, right? Well, yeah. And, you know, I, I think this um, admissions, profet- like her insights really interesting and it's, it looks different for each kid. And then also what your school situation is too. I was thinking that my, you know, I went to a school where I graduated with 90 people. Uh, and so the options available to me were much more limited mm-hmm. than say, I actually was just talking to a neighbor about our uh, kids' high school. Now, I don't have high school age kids yet, but I guess their course curriculum book is 165 pages. Holy cow. The course curriculum book for high school? Yes. How many students are at the high school? They graduating class size is about 1,400 each. Times four, right? Times there's, four. Oh, my gosh. Steph, that's a huge. Yes. 
that, so, that's that's the public high school here too. But my kids go to a charter school, so it'll be smaller. But yeah, yeah that's crazy. So it, it's interesting because, but the recommendation of diving into topics that are really of interest to them is looks different based on where you're at. But yeah, I think ultimately as moms, encouraging that in one way or another, however that looks in your community, is something that we have to be intentional about. Yes, and it does um, serve an important purpose, especially. For the college admission process, but also for the recognizing if there is a skill set that you have or an interest that you have that does not require a college degree, and yes. that's yeah. really not a wise financial decision for your kids to do that, right. then by all means, encourage that too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so this may feel like a bit much. I, I'm sure, especially <laughs> those of you that are like rocking an infant. Like right nurse, now. I was just thinking about a mom nursing a baby right now. She's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but having these conversations early is really what our kiddos need. Hi, my name is Lauren. Um, I think that something I wish my um, mom would have done a little differently when it came to getting ready and preparing me for college was really starting to talk about it earlier. I feel like I really didn't get much of a understanding of really what goes into anything that had to do with college until it was already my senior year, which I felt like the conversation probably should have started a little bit sooner. But overall, I did have a really good ex- college experience and um, it is my last year. So I think all's gone pretty well, but that little tidbit probably would have been a little more helpful. In addition to all of the academics, extracurriculars and paperwork, our kids do need some general life skills too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you went out on your own, Michelle, was there a life skill that you wish you had a better grasp of that you didn't? I will say that there is one thing, and this really isn't my parents' quote unquote fault, but I'm an only child. Mm -hmm. And so the ability to share a space (laughs) was a real challenge for me. I, I, my freshman year roommate, uh, we will never speak ever again. (laughs) Oh, no. Such a terrible experience. And, you know, I think a lot of that had to do with just I was not prepared to have to share a room and a closet and a bathroom. And I was it was a big shock for me having been having my own space my whole life. Um, But as far as other skills, I I, I did have I think I I did have some good skills, not that I put them into use like I should have, like my, you know, Planet Hollywood credit card that I got, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, for me, it was definitely like, you know, the dorm thing, the dorm thing was really hard for me personally. How about you? Hmm. Uh, well, I would like to report on professor Fortin. Uh, I have (laughs) shared a bed with her, um, for various events and she has come a long ways yes, since her freshman year roommate days. That's true. I have. Thank you. Steph. You're a great roommate now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you were still my bra and wear my bra. So that was a whole. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, um, this is kind of answering the question of a life skill that I wish I had had a better grasp of, but it also is something that my my dad in particular did very well, and I am so appreciative of it, but something that I'm still struggling with in life. Uh, <laughs> when I I had a couple primary college options when I was a senior in high school or junior, I don't even know what year it was. And one was a public university in my state. The other was a private university in another state. 
So the price tags definitely looked significantly different. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad sat me down and he said, okay, so say you graduate and this is roughly what your salary is going to be. Mm -hmm. And then he said, and this is how much taxes are going to be taken out of it. This is what your take home is on a monthly basis. Say you have an apartment. This is what your rent's going to be. This is how much your groceries are going to be. This is how much your extra spending are going to be. And then he said, and this is how much you're going to pay for both of those schools. Slap in the face, man, reality. And I was like, I will go to the public university (laughs) in my state. So again, it doesn't really answer the question of a life skill that I didn't have a grasp of, but it does speak to how intentionally intentional my dad was in that. And I tell that story so many times, and I don't think there are hardly any parents that have done that with their kids. Yes, and so most true. people are shocked, you know? <laughs> you know what? And that it that is perfect to segue into this next soundbite I want to share with you guys. But um it just just having those kind of blunt conversations with your kids about reality of life. Mm-hmm. And opening up that conversation as they transition into what you are, which is an adult, mm-hmm. they're going to want it. You still want them to come to you as an adult to share and ask questions and get advice. Um, but sharing these basic life skills goes such a long way. And, and let's start um, hearing from Chloe talking about financial responsibility. I think that my parents did a great job preparing me for college. A couple examples of how they prepared me to becoming independent and responsible for myself included time management. Uh, being able to set times for myself and deadlines to get work done, then also financial responsibility, making sure I was able to budget and factor in when I could have a little bit more fun spending and then when I needed to buckle down and just uh, look at the layout of what I needed to work on. Hello, my name is Isaac, and I'm a junior here at Grand Canyon University. I'm really thankful to my parents for not doing everything for me, for letting me get my hands dirty sometimes even when I didn't want to, teaching me how to do dishes and do my own laundry. Because now I can be here at college and I can live my lifestyle in a clean way where I know what I'm doing to some extent and I can actually live in a healthy and happy way here at college. Hello, my name is Sarah. I'm a senior here at GCU. And the biggest thing that my parents helped me prepare for before I came to college was looking at different hospitals and ERs and urgent cares, knowing like where I needed to go because I either get injured or I get sick way more than I feel like the average person. So really having that like on my computer in a document was very helpful. And we ended up switching my insurance. That way I'm covered more in Arizona and I have the best parents. So they helped me a lot with all of that. I love it. So she mapped out the ERs and the urgent cares. (laughs) But you know what? Also, Sarah's parents know their kid. So. They do. I love that. And I love, I, you know, when I do ship my kids off to college, um, you know, if that's what they choose to do, I will worry about that stuff too. Like, do they know where the closest hospital is? <laughs> I want to make sure that they know. Like, that's just such a mom, like, oh. you want to arm them with all that stuff. Oh, totally. Well, I also love um, how Isaac mentioned dishes and laundry. Yes. Uh, eventually, they have to start doing those basic things on their own. Uh, and those types of skills can be taught from an early age. Uh, most of all, simply being there and supporting them will be all that they're going to remember from us. Hi, everyone. My name's Andrea, and I'm currently a junior here at Grand Canyon University. I'd say my parents did really, really well on supporting me throughout my schooling over the years. I never was an A-plus student, I will say, during my high school years. but 
anytime I needed help or if I had a question I needed to ask, they were there. Even with my mom immigrating from Mexico, her curriculum was different than mine. So a lot of the times when I had questions, she didn't know how to answer specifically on what I was learning because what she'd learned was different, but she'd always do her best to really help me and be that supporting hand behind me. Hi, my name is Gabby and I'm a senior in college. So one really significant way my parents helped me prepare for college was by talking to my advisors with me. And this was during the whole application process. So um, any little question we had, my mom and I had, uh, we would ask him. Uh, financial issues, application questions, anything of the sort, your advisor is there to provide clarity for you and make the whole application process easy and smooth. So basically my mom and I uh, would Zoom with him we would um, email him together, and then we were also in a group chat with him together. And that just uh, allowed for us to um, process through things together, get all the questions answered, and it was a really smooth, easy process. But even if this all feels overwhelming for you, trust your kid. They're scrappy, and they'll figure it out. My name is Emily Robinson, and I am a senior in college. And honestly, my parents didn't really do much to prepare me for college. They didn't go to college themselves, and I am the youngest of three siblings, and neither of them went to college, so I kind of had to figure everything out on my own, and I decided for myself that I wanted to go to college, and I figured the logistics and everything and how to apply and everything on my own, and I went with it, and I really am glad I did. After all, that's what you're raising them to be, right? Independent adults doing all these things on their own. Mm, Yes, so whether college is part of your kid's future or not, hopefully you learned a little bit today about what you can do in your stage of parenting to prepare your kiddos for life outside of the nest. But for now, make sure to treasure the little moments and don't forget to just add sprinkles. For show notes and more information on this episode of Just Add Sprinkles Celebrating Motherhood, please visit momcollective.com. There you can find more information on our topic, our guest, and our host, Stephanie Fleece. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to give a review wherever you listen to podcasts so we can keep encouraging moms to celebrate motherhood and just add sprinkles.